This week on The Clubhouse, Anthony and I are joined by film and television actor Mackenzie Aston. We had so much fun chatting with him that we decided to make this a two-parter. In part two, Mackenzie chats with us about Kirk Gibson, filming a baseball movie with his brother Sean, and answers some Dodgers trivia. Stick around after the conversation to hear Mackenzie, Anthony, and I take in a game at Angel Stadium in Anaheim. You can follow Mac on Twitter, at Mackenzie Aston. This episode was recorded at the home of my good buddy, Zach Frankel, in Hollywood, California. We join the conversation in process as Mac tells us about the time he faced off against Goose Gossage. Blue Jays win it! Touch them all, Joe! You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life! Got him! 20 strikeouts! He ties the Major League record! There it goes! See ya! I don't believe what I just saw! And he's out by five feet at the plate! And that was the worst base running in the history of the game! Fly ball! Now, I, I know a little bit of this because of the conversations that Mac and I had on the set, but I know that you've played in any number of sort of charity events Man, or celebrity games. I have or, been you know, so fortunate. And uh, of the big leaguers that you've had the opportunity to either play with or meet or be around, or are there, are there sort of standout moments of that kind I, of heck situation? Heck yeah. I mean, I, I've, been, I've been extremely, extremely lucky. Uh, um I got to play in uh, in a in a in a charity game uh, that was just, uh, sort of through the Major League Baseball Players Alumni Association, uh, and so there were a fair few uh, you know like good ball players there. Uh, Goose Gossage, uh, he uh, that he you know we mentioned him earlier, the fireballing uh, former Yankee in uh, A, I think before that, uh, he was there, and uh, there was a batting practice. Uh, so Goose Gossage was throwing batting practice, and I happened to this is you know literally batting practice before we're gonna play. You know, there's some celebrities and. Most Mostly retired players. And this and is baseball, not softball. Baseball, not softball. Oh my! Uh, and so I get into the cage uh, <laughs> against uh, Goose Gossage, and you know he's not throwing hard. He's you know he's probably in his uh, late, f- well he might have been in his f- late forties, maybe fifty at the time. Uh, and so he's he's not throwing. I mean he's throwing hard, but he's right, not right. he's not like trying to embarrass me or anything yet. And he puts one in a place that I can hit it. Uh, and by that, I mean I hit it. And it was like sort of a soft liner over short. But it definitely hit the outfield grass. And it was, to me, it felt like a hit. And then he proceeded to put a ball where I thought I could hit it, but I couldn't hit it. And I am not lying when I say I fouled off about seven straight balls to the exact same spot of the cage. Like it went straight up and a little bit to the left from the cage, seven in a row. And I looked at him and I said, what are you doing? He goes, I found your spot from 60 mm-hmm. feet away. And I was like, mm. wow, these guys are on another level. They're literally on another level. They're evolutionary, evolutionarily different than us. I yep. genuinely believe that. Yep. There, there is something different about a big league ball player. It was, it was absolutely, it was That's uh, breathtaking. Amazing. I, you know, I've also had the good fortune to have uh, terrific um, conversations with a couple of different guys. I got, I got to hear Brooks Robinson tell me a story about my dad. Which was nifty because my dad moved to Baltimore in about 2000 to, to work uh, at Johns Hopkins University running the theater program there. And I was playing in a fantasy camp in 2002. Brooks Robinson was one of the former uh, former players that was there. And uh, word got around that, uh, that you know, I was the son of Gomez Adams. And <clears throat> Brooks Robinson <laughs> says to me, oh, hey, come here. And I go over there and he says, you tell your dad I said thank you. I said, what? He goes, tell your dad I said thank you. I go, why? He says, because I used to walk through the airport in Baltimore and get mobbed and mobbed and mobbed. And now I look around and I'm not getting mobbed. There's this other guy getting mobbed. And I'm, th- I'm trying to think, who is that guy that's getting mobbed? And I looked closer. It's your dad. So tell your dad I said thanks for taking the heat off of me. That's like, amazing. How cool is that? That's awesome. How cool is that? These are good stories. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. And Brooks also, Robinson. you know, your dad taking heat away from Brooks Robinson in Baltimore is pretty, that's that's pretty impressive. That like, is that's, extreme. That's, that is you the power of You gotta be pretty proud of, of the old man. Adams. You gotta yes. be pretty proud of the old man sure. there. Because Brooks Robinson is a god in that part of, and, and rightfully so. The man rightfully was so. amazing. Yeah. You know, and and uh, wow, that is that it's is that so. Is I mean, you know, I think 
that's so silly. Uh, I think he's just, you know, I, th I think he's a decent human being, a good fellow who uh, knows how to tell a story and sure. uh, and probably happened once that he noticed somebody else getting noticed in the airport. And, sure, but... And then, oh, you know, no, 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 yeah, of course. Him. I actually I made him laugh pretty good uh, at the uh, awards, uh, and I'm using finger, qu finger quotes here, the awards ceremony at that fantasy camp. Because uh, I, you know, I'm, I... I, I because I'm so light uh, and uh, lean, I think I have uh, okay speed. And so uh, I had had a, a decent showing in the five or six games or whatever that we played at the fantasy camp. And so I was given the Charlie Hustle under 50 trophy. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in a little banquet, banquet room and there's somebody that's doing the announcing of who gets the awards. And there's a pro handing out the awards. And Brooks Robinson was handing out the Charlie Hustle under 50 award. Uh, trophy and so as soon as it went uh, was announced and this is just ridiculous i got up from the table in the back of the room and ran as fast as i could yes. and grabbed the trophy really quick yes. and like held it and took the picture really fast yeah. and then ran back to the that's, table that's perfect it, like it didn't it, it was it was great to see that land on on brooks robinson's face because sure, at first he was like are you crazy and yeah. then i think he realized <laughs> yeah, the bit that i was going yes on. that's fantastic so that was that was good fortune you know there's Major League Baseball players are uh, a breed apart. They it's are, why I love them. It's why I a breed yeah. apart. You know, we were talking a little bit in the car ride back from from the game that you know I was saying. I, at one point in my life, I was as obsessed with the NBA and the NFL and the NHL as I was with with baseball. And I think my work with Major League Baseball, with ESPN, with my magazine that I used to own, all those things. Mm -hmm. I just I, I find a a strange kinship like there's a there's just when I see a baseball player I feel like there doesn't even need to be anything said like I just feel connected to baseball yeah. players more than the other sports nothing against the other sports the other sports are fantastic but there's just something about something. ball players well, there's something special about them and I've made this analogy before I don't know if it's even an apt analogy and I'm um you know because yeah. we haven't had a lot of actors actually yet and we've had one or maybe one we I don't even With know if it came up but. I feel like there's, I don't know what it is exactly, but I feel like there's some sort of common way of uh, working together in a cast that's like a baseball team that's different from other kinds of teams. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Well, absolutely. You, you know, there's there's a great deal of time if you're, you know, in the field, there's a great deal of time spent where you don't have the ball, you don't have anything to do, and the action is taking place w with one of your teammates. And so uh, I think sometimes in, uh, you know, in show business or in, in, in performance, there are moments when someone else has the spotlight and you have to keep yourself busy in a manner that looks really and it is part of you know what's happening in front of people and also the teamwork aspect of it I mean you know there are the, the most exciting plays in baseball in, in my opinion are the ones where it's it's got to you know three guys get their hand on the ball before the tag is made yeah and not necessarily in you know an error filled way but like you know big long relays you know the t the, the beauty the art of the double play like yeah. two guys working together and a third guy finishing it off is well I, mean, I had Trammell and Whitaker Trammell and Whitaker were <sighs> the double Pay combination, so lucky. Of, which why they're both not in the Hall of Fame is a travesty on, that is just beyond me. But the beauty, the majesty of the flip of just the working completely yeah. in tandem. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, this might be, I don't know, I, I've, I've thought about that as well as far as why I connect with baseball players. And I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, because you guys are professional actors who you've toured a lot. You've done a lot of television and movies in different cities around the the country, the world, etc. I feel like, you know, the, the life of a baseball player is very nomadic. It is yeah. going to uh, different yeah. towns and going to perform. That's so true. Like in my life, I as a kid, my three biggest obsessions were professional baseball, stand up comedy and WWF wrestling. <laughs> and the one combination between... One bleep, of these bleep, things is not uh -uh. like the other. Right for it. They're all the same because it's all a carny game. It's all a traveling road show. It's oh, all... Yeah. That's the okay. one connector. It's going from town to town. And so don't worry about that. putting stuff. on a show. And putting on a show. Yeah. Whether it's stand-up, whether it's wrestling, whether it's baseball, whether it's... It's, it's going and bringing some sort of joy. Yeah, basketball, you know, travels too. So what No, I, no I, I understand that, but there is a... I, I think it's also because of the romanticism of baseball existing back in the 1800s, 1900s, and going on a train, going on a car, you know, going yeah. on... And it's it's not getting on a... A, a chartered plane and flying it's the it's the living to you know baseball players because basketball or like football for instance 
you see your like all of your teammates maybe two or three times a week at you know full like, sometimes you you're practicing with just the defense right. just the offense yeah. or whatever but the ball and basketball players you're only playing three four games a week sometimes so you got a lot of time alone or yeah. you're doing your warm-ups your workouts alone but ball players yeah. for day seven in, months of the year yeah, yeah. you were with the same 25 to 40 guys yeah. every single day so i think that's where it is a little bit different from basketball and football and hockey and whatnot it's just it's you're, you're you're there and so i think that's maybe a reason why all of us feel this connection because look I, i'm not an actor but at this point in my life i'm making my living traveling around the country going to stadiums doing all these things like that's that's I feel like there's just there there's a nomadic sense to baseball that that we all connect to on some level. And you know this thing about chemistry. Wow. You know, Absolutely. I think that that's real. I was actually talking to Hal about it. Uh, Hal I, Morris. Hal Morris. I, you know my brother-in-law. Um, he's now a scout for the Angels, and they they're like it's not you can't quantify it exactly, but from their departmentally, they are as interested in what they call it, like the makeup of the player. Mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. it, and they sometimes have to do battle with some of the sabermetricians, which is something we've yeah. talked about before, because they don't value any of that. Right. There's it's no way to quantify page. any of yeah. it. Um, but he, he could absolutely point to that being the case in the teams he was a part of. You know, it, it's un, it's undeniable to him. That I've that's, seen it that, in locker rooms. Yeah. But I think that that's, again, a thing in casts that, yes. right. you know, can make or break an experience and you know the only the only difference there though is if it's a film or tv the director still has the ultimate thing where they can sort of still turn it into something that could work even if it was right sort of, if, if you've got you know, a night parties that are warring which is not unlike the the uh, the oakland athletics uh, allegedly uh, of the early 70s you know apparently yes. those guys didn't like each other uh, at all but they went out there and won games and won games and won games that's interesting you know well, sometimes that hatred can kind of, it's just that, you know, when you're on the field, it's, it's kind of just that, right. you know, we'll, we'll right. work we, together here, you know, just almost because, you know, we need to get away. We want to get away from you. You're annoying me in the bathroom when we're rooming together somewhere, but on the field, you know, we have this connection type of thing. Yeah. But um, that's I, true. That chemistry really does uh, play a part and that tone setting really does play a part. There's a, uh, and this will be quick. There's a. Uh, a great story about the 88 team that uh so the tigers uh, i guess got into a little trouble with collusion and uh were uh disallowed from uh retaining uh, kirk gibson in uh, 1987 yeah. and so he was a free agent for the 1988 season and uh and he signed with the los angeles dodgers and on the first day of spring training uh jesse orosco who had recently arrived from the mets uh, thought it'd be funny to take some shoe polish and put it on the inside of uh, Kirk Gibson's cap uh, so that when uh, Kirk Gibson put his cap on, the shoe polish would come off on his forehead. And when he took his cap off, the shoe polish would still be there and all the fans <laughs> in the stands would see that big black mark on his face. And so it happened. And Kirk Gibson uh, got real upset about it and stormed into the dugout and told uh, uh, the manager, Tommy Lasorda, that he wasn't going to put up with this kind of hijink stuff because his whole goal was to be there to win a dang championship and that people had better stop messing around like this or else uh, it's just not going to work. And that changed the tone of the whole season. And, you know, like Vinny says, all year long, they look to him to light the fire. So I'm gonna t I'll tell you the story after we turn the microphones off, just because it's already been said once. Uh, but we had Pat Ahern, uh, who uh, was a pitcher for the uh, for the Tigers, mm -hmm. and he told a phenomenal Gibby story that vibes perfectly what you just said about his just singular vision of I'm here to win a championship. I don't care where I am. But, I'm here. But that's interesting because it also points out that there's many different ways to you know square the circle right, because right. you know the the 04 red sox were the gang the idiots, idiots exactly. you know right so it's so it's but it's being aware you i think it's you, the I leadership that, though the, but yeah it's the leadership and the the term used like in in the car earlier was something about like you know just reading the room mm -hmm. knowing the sometimes yeah sometimes you need the 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 iron fist and sometimes you need the loosen it the up well, it's whoever's at the top it's whoever's so, going to be the, the guy at the top so to know the, yeah what's the, yeah. what's appropriate and what will make it better right you know yeah and that's kind of interesting too. Oh, it's 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 fun. It's interesting too to look at ball clubs that have these that have terrific ball players that, um, you know, maybe don't jibe or fit within the ball club. And uh, you know, a team will lose a guy who makes a bunch of money and gets a lot of you know statistical good stuff going. But the chemistry is better when he's gone. You know, what do they what do they call it? Uh, addition by subtraction. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, teams. 
Well, you know, the Giants are an interesting example of how much they succeeded uh, after um, Barry Lamar Bonds was no longer on the team. You know? Yeah, and I, I know there are different uh, aspects to that as well. But sure. like they, you know, they didn't win a championship with arguably the greatest baseball player of all. Well, the greatest hitter, uh, arguably uh, power hitter. Arguably. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's we could do. We could do a a a, a series of podcasts of about the them. Yeah, it that it's really tough. Or to the make. greatest left-handed hitting <laughs> number twenty-four wearing slightly choking up yes. ball player of the he last. Was, you know what? I'm yeah. willing to say he was a pretty decent okay. ball player between 1990 <laughs> and 2004. Yeah, uh, he hit a lot of home runs. Yeah. That's all, That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. So, so uh, this is going to sound like I'm taking a bit of a left turn, but we're we're I'm trying to debate here. I think we may end up making this a two parter just because I'm having way too much fun talking to you, and we still have more stuff to to uh, to get to. But one of the things that we were talking about in the car is uh, if you had gotten a chance to uh, ever act in a baseball movie or television show or any type of uh, baseball related project, and we stopped the conversation in the car so we could keep it fresh for here. So now I've been eagerly anticipating the answer. The answer is yes. And we'll see you next week on, (laughs) um, it's, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'm at a point in my life where I don't like, uh, the stories that I tell to be, uh, to, to leave, to, to give you that sort of vibe that goes, oh, poor Mac. Uh, but this one, it definitely is one of those, Uh (laughs) which is fine by me. So. Uh, there was uh, a high school uh, baseball team uh, in a little town called Norway, Iowa, that uh, was funny. Inc- it's like Indiana, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was incredibly, incredibly good for a good long stretch of time. Uh, it probably had a lot to do with a tremendous coach they had named Jim Van Scoy. And this was a tiny little school that won state championship after state championship after state championship uh, for a long time in a row. And naturally, they had a bunch of good ball players come through there, but this coach, Jim Van Scoy, was really the guy. And <clears throat> as uh, happens in life, uh, things change, and the school in Norway, Iowa, was going to be absorbed into a different uh, high school. Uh, you know, not far from the little town, but uh, the high school uh, was going to go away, uh, or something. Something was changing within. Yeah, I think it was about to go away, and so um, the bureaucrats decided to um, make it easier for that transition to take place by kind of dismantling the ball club and in doing so what they did was fire the head coach the guy who'd won all these championships in a row and i think there was one more year of this high school left uh and they hired the assistant coach a guy who had been the head volleyball coach uh the head coach for the volleyball team and they thought this was was gonna help (laughs) why i I don't you know i don't know i don't know uh, but but what happened was the head coach got fired, the assistant coach got hired, and it was the final season for the Norway High School Ball Club. Uh, and, you know, because uh, things happen that are beautiful, uh, both in life and for the movies, uh, that high school team, coached by uh, a guy named Kent Stock, uh, won the whole dang thing without the assistance of the great uh, Jim Van Scoy. Uh, and so a movie was made about uh, this experience. My brother Sean was hired to play the assistant coach, Kent Stock. Powers Booth played Jim Van Scoy. Uh, there were a number of uh, college-age uh, uh, ball players uh, from the Iowa area that were hired. Uh, there were to actual play. ball players. Actual yeah. ball. Yeah. Well, guys that were not big enough to be playing college ball still, but still uh, gifted enough uh, to be really good ball players. Uh, but they looked uh, young look enough to camera. be like high school ball players. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and uh, and we went and made a movie about was your... this final season. I got to play the assistant coach. So the so one who took over. No, the one who took. I over. got to play the assistant coach to, to the, assistant the new coach. head coach. Oh, okay. So like, yeah, I understand. You know, the, the fourth to the assistant. The, the part that makes you go like, oh, poor Mac, is that <laughs> there's a couple scenes in the movie where uh, Sean's character, my brother's character, uh, sort of has to prove himself with the ball players, uh, and they sort of you know challenge him to see if they can hit their best pitcher and uh in the movie uh sean steps into the box and uh, the best pitcher gives him his best pitch and sean drives it over the fence and allegedly in real life something similar happened (laughs) with the real kent stock Uh, but the assistant coach uh just sort of stands (laughs) on the sidelines and watches all this stuff happen Uh, so basically there was a baseball movie made that i didn't get to be a part of and you just kind of with my hands in my pocket watch your brother take all the glory seeds spitting them out (laughs) now within that there is some absolute wonder we had a ooh, 
That didn't sound good. We had a, uh, <laughs> it might have been a car accident. Now, yeah, we were, yeah. We had a, uh, <laughs> if, you, if you, this is a good cutting point, let me know. Cause it's I okay. can't tell. So we had, there was a uh, one day during production, surprisingly, that uh, they had a uh, sort of a, a friendly game uh, between, uh, it was like a cast and crew game and then they had a game between the uh the kids playing the 1990 high school team and the kids playing on the 1991 high school team the actors so the first game was like the cast and crew game which was played with the spongy ball and was supposed to be a good deal of fun and ha ha good times whatever and it was and then right after that they were going to play with a hardball and it was the kids that were good athletes playing against kids that were good athletes that were all performing with, in the with same. metal aluminum bats or aluminum bats hardballs and uh to be coached by the real Jim Vanskoy and the, uh, my brother and Kent Stock were going to coach the other team. Wow. So we, the cast and crew game is great. We're having a good time. Everything's fun. I'm catching. I will be honest and say that I had been out too late the night before and had one <laughs> stinker of a hangover. I had the gear on. There was a runner on third. Actually, Mike Boddicker's son, James. Mike Boddicker, the Baltimore Oriole, happens to be from Norway, Iowa. Mike Boddicker's son, James, is on third. <clears throat> There's a fly ball to deep second. There's one out. He makes the catch. James Boddicker comes charging down the line. The throw comes in. It's perfect timing. I'm blocking the plate when you still could. <laughs> I catch the ball. I go to turn to make a tag, and James Boddicker lays me out something fierce. This kid hits me hard. I was blocking the plate, so I was asking for it, and I had equipment on, so I didn't get hurt like he did. He banged up his knee pretty good. I got knocked to the ground hard, but I held on to that stick. Yeah, nice. I held it up. We made the out. My brother comes running over to me like to see if I'm okay. You know, he's like, "Are you all right? Are you alright?" I'm like, "I'm fine. We got the guy." My hangover is gone. Of course, <laughs> knocked, knocked it right, right out. out. Yeah. It was great. He's like, he starts holding up his finger, like, "Look at my finger." Oh. <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm totally okay." He's like, "Look at my finger." And so I, 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 I purposely move my eyes the opposite direction of his finger. He smacks me in the face. Oh. Like, what are you doing, man? I'm fine. He goes, "Look at my finger." It's hysterical. <laughs> The following game, uh, the actual baseball game, I got to play in as well. And uh, it turned out just right. Uh, the coach, Jim Vanskoy, is this incredible man. He is, other than my father-in-law, the manniest man I have ever come across. This is like... I mean, this is he is still a, around? This is a big dude, yeah. Big dude, um, big hands, uh, big brain, uh, great spirit, great um, kind of that that sturdy uh, calm that uh you know big guys have uh, and also a, a brilliant tactician and a guy who won you know 17 championships in a row before the bureaucrats uh, took his job away he That's was our coach and he you know i don't somebody made out the lineups i was going to play with the team that he was coaching uh, even though uh you know i wasn't playing i wasn't one of the ball players in the movie they were going to let me play cuz you know i could play and uh, I, he was handed the lineup, you know. And there's you know a bunch of people come to watch Norway. He's thrilled that we're making a movie about Norway, Iowa. So it's, you know, there's like there's like a couple hundred people in the stands, right? And so I'm leading off, and I'll never forget. And there's and what do you what position you're playing? I'm catching. Uh, there's uh, well, actually, I'm just leading off. I didn't. I think I entered the game as the catcher in the third, but we were using a DH. So okay, no, I think I was catching the start. And were of the you game. were you throwing down signs or? Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was good. We, were playing, we were playing ball. It's good. Well, so, <laughs> but, but there's so there's 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 a slightly blue word in here. It's not a terrible it's one okay. that's coming. So the game's about to start. I'm you know my hangover's gone. I switch uniforms to the one for the team, and we're getting ready to play. And the lineup card is already made out, and it's got my name up first. So I'm leaning off. He goes, and I don't know who made out these damn lineups. Points at me. He goes, but you better damn get on base <laughs> so I, I i'm like yes so i i get i get i get into the place terrified uh, me it was unbelievable jim van scoy i get in you know i dig in i'm going from the left side and it's an actor named roscoe myrick that's pitching uh for the, the other team and uh you know, I think throws one a little bit away, uh, and it's a speed that's amenable. Uh, and then the next pitch is one uh, that I, you know, I get my arms out on, and I think that I've hit a pop up into left. But I, you know, break out of the box, and I look, and I realize it kind of one hops the wall in left center. I go like I go oppo to the wall in left center, <laughs> and I'm like digging. I'm, I and I stopped at a double uh, because I didn't want to make the first out at third base. So I let off with a that's, double. That's sound very, baseball, and, and it's very anti anti puig. You are you are the anti puig. Right. This was <laughs> well, fundamental right there <laughs> so, so uh 
I, I let off I let off with a double and then uh let's see I got to third on a uh I think on a ground ball back to the pitcher and then uh for the first out and then scored on a sack fly. So, so there you go. Uh, no, I scored on a ground at second. So You sure as hell damn got on there. Satisfied base. that man's desire. <laughs> satisfied my own. And it's funny that I should start this out by saying the story's gonna make you go, Oh poor Mac. No, I when know. the fact is, way to go, Mac. That's a, that's yeah. a bit of a humble brag there. Good that, for you. That, that's a bit of a no, yeah. that's awesome. yes. I worked no. on that's a base- amazing. I worked on a baseball movie. Uh, and the name of it, we went the whole thing. What is the name of this movie? The Final Season. The Final Season. Yes. It was released, I think, in 06 uh, or 07. Uh, and it stars uh, Sean Astin, Evan Rachel, Rachel Wood? Wood. And was it a theatrical release or a TV? Thing? It was a theatrical release. It was a small theatrical yeah. release. It was Sorry, I'm sure it'll be on, on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon oh, or yes. iTunes you or somewhere. find it all over the internet. The final season, folks. You can see the great Mackenzie Aston. Oh, no, barely. I'm barely in the film. No, starring <laughs> the great Mackenzie Aston. No, it's a Sean chewing, Aston movie. Chewing uh, sunflower seeds and, and uh, you know. <laughs> a little pepper on that ball. Just, <laughs> we want a pitcher, not a belly itcher. Just remember that I, I, I gosh darn got on base. We're just going to take a brief break so that I can tell you how to get in touch with Anthony or me. You can follow us on Twitter at ClubhousePod. Visit our website, clubhousepodcast.com, for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discuss on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion. So please, email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special, or honestly, just if you want to say hello. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes and share this with your fellow baseball friends. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. That just makes it easier for other folks to find out about our podcast. I am incredibly excited to tell you about my 2016 Baseball Stadium's wall calendar brought to you by TF Publishing. The calendar is available for purchase at your local Meyer, Big Lots, Stop and Shop, and more. You can also order them online at Amazon.com, Calendars.com, Staple.com, and others. I will include all the information on my website, roundingthird.net. I think you are really going to love this calendar. I really appreciate you checking it out. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse Podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, please take a look at our archives, like our chat with the lawyer who cleaned up baseball, Charles Sheeler. He is an utterly fascinating man. In this clip, Charles talks to us about his experience in the Roger Clemens congressional hearings. Well, they brought Clemens back. I sat next to him at a hearing, um, and on the other side was his trainer, Brian McNamee, who yeah. had who had uh, provided him with the, the steroids, which, of course, Roger denied. But basically, I was put there as sort of a, a potted plant to keep these two guys apart so they didn't, like, start strangling each other. Yeah. And it was like the worst middle seat you ever had on an airplane. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just um, the, the tension between these two guys was palpable. Yeah. And the other thing is, Roger was just clearly so incredibly nervous about what, what was going on. And now, back to our conversation with actor Mackenzie Aston. All right. Now, <laughs> I swear, I mean, we could talk for forever, but it's, it's getting late and we've got a... a Fun part of the, uh, the show is coming is up. It, a quiz? it is a trivia contest. Yes, bring it. I'm really. I've spent pretty much the entire day with you now, and I'm really of two minds. You're either going to get all four of these right, or you're going to swing and miss. I have no idea what because I don't know how hard Let I made these questions. Let me see if I can questions. get them right without you even asking the questions. All right. Yeah, okay. See? Yeah. Let's see, Karnak. Mm. Tris Speaker. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Griffith, real yes. Griffith no. Stadium. Almost. I almost had that. That Wow, that's creepy. I Larry almost, Doby? I swear I wrote a Larry Doby question and erased it. And uh, Pete Rose. No. Okay. He, he had nothing to do with anything. Um, but so there, so I wouldn't have bet on there's that. There's a game. So there's a, there's a meta game with the, with the trivia Bring quiz, it. which Bring is... Uh, oh, the, the, that listeners get to play as well? No, no, no. no, no, no. Just the, we're the, compete, we're, you're, yeah, yeah, there's four ahead. questions, right? Yeah. yeah. The first question is a single. Oh, fun. Second question is a double. So yes. if you get if you get oh, on base, then you could in. you could either drive them in, depending. And you know, there's and there, we can sort of there's like you feel if it's like the you know ball in the gap or if it's like a double that like you know if whether whether it scores a run or you're just second and third. Anyway, we so are there's the a possibility. There's a possibility you could score up to four runs for the Dodgers, which I so believe we've been keeping track of the various teams we've had represented. 
to some degree. And I believe yeah. actually the Dodgers right now, because you are our first repeat uh, team uh, uh, guest. Uh, and so I think Pat, I believe Pat had two runs. Yeah, if I remember Pat, correctly. Way to go, Pat. Way to get it done, baby. Yeah, he, he's, yeah. So it's, nice job, Pat. Look, you can thank me. It's all informal. It's, it's all, all informal. informal. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. We're but so here, here we go. All right. Now batting, second in the lineup, the shortstop, number 10, Mac Aston. Number, the two holes, good, good hole. Yeah, it's a good spot. Yeah, good spot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get on base. Well, I'm a switch hitter too, so I can go Oh, a switch yeah, hitter. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lefty on the mound right now. Yeah, so no, you don't, you don't need to worry right about platooning. It's all good. It's right. a, you're, on a, you're on base guy. Okay. So here's for a single. Top, uh, top of the first inning here. What year did the Los Angeles Dodgers play their first game? What year the, did Los the, Angeles, the Los Angeles yes, Dodgers? The Los Angeles Dodgers, 1959. That's out number one. So you get you get. Is it all right. So that's that's another part. You get three, you get three outs. outs. Yeah. So all right. So out number one, right. but you got a man on first, one out. All right, Why do you go. have a man on first? He got a single. He said 1958. Well, I said 1959 first. No, but then he said 1958. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm sorry. Pardon me. I, come on now. I, I, I misunderstood. Have you forgotten? I, no, I haven't seen Anthony for a month, and he forgets the game. I understand. I get it. We're we're all good. We're we got a man on first. He's dancing off first a little bit. He's dancing off first. Okay. It's okay. One out, man on first. Here's now for a double. So a double. And he's dancing off first, so it's possibly he could score. We'll see. Here, we'll see. Uh, who is the all-time Dodgers home run leader? All-time Dodgers? Yes. Home run leader? All-time Dodgers. Yes. Home leader. <clears throat> Duke Snyder. Duke Snyder. That's a clean That's a screaming. <laughs> that's a screaming gapper and a run has absolutely crossed the plate. Yeah. Oh, he really? almost made it to missed third. Missed the cutoff man. Missed the cutoff man. He almost made it to third. Good and and Good a run hustle. scored. So the Dodgers yeah. have a run yeah. on the board. It is one to nothing. Yeah, Duke Snyder uh, with 389 home runs. Played yeah. most of his career in Brooklyn most from 47 to 57. Yes. L.A. from 58 to 62. And then he was with the Mets from 63 and the Giants, the San Francisco Giants in 64. That he wound up playing, finishing his career at the Giants. That's I know that's that's do. one of the reasons I, I thought I found that oh. fascinating, especially at that time. Well, yeah. think about it. It's Brooklyn, L.A. Mets, uh, Giants, all New York teams. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean Brooklyn, L.A. and uh, Brooklyn and uh, New York, obviously for the Mets, but then San Francisco and L.A. I would imagine a lot of the front office guys uh, from the yeah, uh, sure. the New York days uh, made their way west and. Uh, they're May West. Sorry, <laughs> gone west, uh, and so they're probably familiar with uh, with yeah. old with old Duke. So you still one out. Yeah, one out, one man out. on second, and now it is a triple. This oh, wow. is the, this is a question for a triple. They get harder, don't they? Of course they. Okay, do. This is. I'm curious. I'm I'm debating in my brain how hard to make this one because I have a choice in how hard to make this. But I'm gonna read your face and then figure it out. The Dodgers produced the NL Rookie of the Year in five consecutive seasons. You want me to list the, the year and the players? Name the players. You don't have to do the years. Name the players. Five consecutive seasons. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> this is... Ah, this is I'm uh, impressed with your questions. Why is everything? Um, 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 yeah, all right. Uh, Mike Piazza. Oh, do they have to be in order? Absolutely not. All right, so Eric Karras, Mike Piazza, Todd Hollinsworth, Hideo Nomo. Who's that fifth guy? That fifth guy is the one that got me to... I said Todd Hansworth, right? You did. Right. Former Cub, Eric Carroll. Oh, Raul Montesi. Wow. Unbelievable. That was Folks, good. It's a good ball club. That's that thing. I mean, that bounced off the top of the wall. It was it was a millimeter from being a home run, and it just it it, it eked back around. in. It. Oh, but the triple though, and that's 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 no, two more runs for the Dodgers, and just no. for the rec no, well, yeah, oh, two runs total. Two so runs total. Two runs total. There's still a man on third, one out. Now here's my question: Can you tell me the years? Yeah. You're not going to get anything for this. I just want to know. Okay. Uh, I mean, I got to do a little uh, s uh, subtraction. So, uh, so that is really five. phenomenal. So, that was amazing. I told you he's going to get off. One, I don't know about so, the fourth. This is ridiculous. 90, 91, 92, 93, 94. Nope. 92, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94, 95. Is that right? Wait, say that one more time. Sorry, I was distracted. 91 through 90, Close. 92 through 96. 90. Did Mondesi win it in 96? Uh, Mondesi was, so the order that I have is Karos, Piazza, Mondesi, Nomo, uh, Hollinsworth. Hollinsworth after Nomo. It's funny that two of those guys became pivotal Cubs. 
they were on some very good Cubs teams. Eric Harris, Eric for, Harris sure. For, for sure, for sure. And then Tom, Todd Hollinsworth was oh, that's right. He, he was a, a Cub. He was a role player for the Cubs, but he was player. but he was in there. Like he he, I totally remember him. <laughs> I had the good fortune to see Hideo Namo's. Uh, oh, we're still playing, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah we are. No, it's okay. Okay, no, no, this is for a homer. To see Hideo Namo's the no hitter. The first no, the first game he ever pitched in the states in San Francisco, Candlestick Park. That was the day game. Hold that thought for a second. Sorry, the the text is a little bit off there. but This is for the the home run. There's two runs in. Two runs in. Now there's a man on third and one out. So you have basically two opportunities to get him home. This is like, but but this is not unfortunate. It's not the kind of thing where a little grounder dribbler. No no no. You need need to knock this out of the ballpark. Todo o nunca. Yeah, it could be a pop up. It's if you get it out, it's a pop up or it's a strikeout. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. You're not you're not sack flying him in. No. Got one shot. No squeeze. Got one shot. Okay. On April twenty fifth, nineteen eighty five. Fernando Valenzuela set a major league record for most consecutive innings at the start of a season without allowing an earned run before the Padres ended the streak. How many innings did the record last? 36. That is a high pop fly. And the right fielder, it settles into his glove nicely. That's out number two. Right behind first base. There's no chance. No no chance. That's a good play. Oh, I still get to guess. Yeah, yeah you got two, one more out. You got one more out. Two outs. Let's do some logic here. Top of the April first. April 25th, you say? Yep. 85? All right, so we'll start this season. <laughs> he probably had two. He is thinking hard, folk. The eyes are closed. The fingers are being counted. Uh, uh, he's he's <laughs> deep in thought. Uh, it's a hard one. I, I got to make him tough. Pretty, this is a pretty remarkable run, I have to say. It absolutely is. It's it's very impressive, and it'd be even more impressive if our wonderful guest can get it on the nose and knock this one. No one has yet out of the bug. No one has has yet hit a home run. We've had a couple of triples. Yeah. But so we have was not. it forty and a third? Oh, that ball was robbed. I'm talking oh, over the bay, reaching over the fence and snagging it. Over, I mean, cone. You, that was so close, but I cannot give it to you. Well, it is 41. The inning is over. Innings the over. crowd is losing their minds because mm-hmm. that was just a phenomenal play in left field. Yeah. Wow. Left a duck out there, too. Mackenzie Aston, you are a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I, let, I let my team down. You let your team down. I let down. the city down. I let the entire country of Mexico down. <laughs> <laughs> Lo siento, amigos. That was fantastic. No, that was you. Were, that was amazing. Forty one. So well, close. I won't. So not close. know that anymore. Yep. That's that's what happens. So what is that? That's five. Five that's and a half. Four and a half. Five, four four and, and a half, half shutouts. That's yeah. unbelievable. That's unbelievable. They, they, obviously, they were complete games. Yeah. The yeah. Complete unbelievable. Games, five innings, yeah. I mean, I was not sadly around for Fernando Mania. You know, I've only seen videos and clips and things of that nature about it, and it just seems like people tried to so so. Puig debuted when I was doing my tour and I was on the road and he became like this Paul Bunyan type figure to me where every ball I hadn't got, I was on the road when he got called up. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't gotten really a chance to watch him in every ballpark I went to. Someone was, have you seen Puig? Have you seen this guy Puig? This guy, and I was like, I, I haven't gotten, to, I've seen like <laughs> highlight clips, but I haven't gotten to see him. And I get to Colorado and the Dodgers are playing Colorado and I was like, okay, I get to see this, this Puig. And boy, did he put on a show. Yeah. He, the, uh, his first at bat, he hits a single that he tried to stretch into a double and got thrown out at second. Puig on a Puig. Um, the next at bat, I believe, um, he just, I mean, straight up massacred the ball yeah. about 500 feet yeah. and, and you know, knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I think his next at bat, he was similarly trying to knock the ball to Mars and swung from his heels and strung out on, swung out on three straight pitches. Like That's, I saw the quintessential Puig game. Did he, did he throw anybody out? Uh, no, that I don't think he did. Although I have now since seen him throw some people out at uh, Dodger Stadium. Yeah. But it was just kind of this wonderful, in my own way, I felt like maybe this is on a smaller scale what Fernando Mania was like. Because that really overtook the nation. Well, the interesting thing about pitching stuff, though, is it's every five days right? or every four days. Or and it's appointment. It it's it's so, everyone yeah. can come together and say, okay, we're all going to see it. And with Puig, it's you never know yeah. when he's yeah. going to be coming yeah, yeah. up yeah, that's uh, a, in the That's lineup. exactly, though. Anthony's exactly right. That it, it's the... The fact that he's, you know, the pitcher. So there's this time, this buildup between the last time he performed so so well before the next time he performs. And is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? And so, you know, there's more, there's you know, there's more marketing time. Oh, God, really. oh absolutely. Uh, but it was, I mean, you know, and again, I was a tiny little child, but I just remember it being, 
you know, really a spectacular thing to see uh, happen uh, in the neighborhood. You know, I, I come from a relatively affluent neighborhood, and mostly uh, folks from Mexico uh, are relegated to kitchen jobs, you know, and stuff like that. And to see, um, you know, to see somebody that uh, was such a hero to a lower socioeconomic, uh, and as a result, kind of, you know, um, well, social class uh, <clears throat> succeeds so well and, and take everybody by storm was so, so um, encouraging. Incredibly influential, too. And, like, it really, it sort of helped me learn uh, Spanish and give Spanish a, a more of a, a, a focus on, uh, you know, something important in my life. You know, because he didn't speak any English to yeah. begin with, mm -hmm. and it was great. Uh, and just, you know, to see this guy who was literally a magician out there because the pitch that well not literally a magician because he didn't have the car figuratively <laughs> and who you know who just threw crazy stuff and could get guys out and would throw 135 145 170 pitches a game craziness oh. not only that he could hit and he was fast it was just incredible. He was just an incredible 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 guy and we're talking about Fernando now yeah uh, Puig uh, you know is a far superior athlete um, not even close. But Fernando had this guile and this uh, wiliness that was otherworldly, and you know, it's just so much fun to watch. So, two more quick things, and then we'll we'll sadly have to wrap this up just because it is getting late here on the West Coast, and we've had a long, long day full of baseball. But uh, quickly, uh, tell us the uh, uh, the no more story uh, of that candlestick. Good fortune, just tremendous good fortune to be uh, in San Francisco working on a motion picture and uh, which was across. which picture was that? Well, it's a movie called Dream for an Insomniac, Ooh, uh, which like was written and directed by a young lady named Tiffany DeBartolo. You may recognize the DeBartolo name because at the time her father, Eddie DeBartolo, owned a little organization called the San Francisco 49ers. I do recall that. So if you have written a script and your father owns the 49ers, it's a little more likely to, to get made than if your father doesn't own the 49ers and if you've written a script. So uh, money was put up uh, for the making of the film. A tremendous uh, crew uh, was uh, gathered, and it was actually a pretty dang good script. Uh, which is great. And Tiffany directed too, but she had a lot of help, which was helpful. Uh, and it was a great, it's a, it's a fun movie that people can look back on and think, wow, that's really early 90s cute. Uh, and it's incredibly dated. It's so dated. Jennifer Aniston is the second banana. Wow. wow. Yeah. So anyway, that's not what we're talking about. Sure. Uh, I wasn't working that day. Uh, there was access to tickets because uh, it was a DeBartolo film. Uh, we're staying at St. Francis Hotel where the players stay when they're visiting. And I ended up with uh, four tickets uh, to uh, a day game, Dodgers-Giants. Seymour Cassell, the actor, uh, who's a mm. huge San Francisco Giants uh, and 49ers, but mostly Giants fan, uh, was going to go with me. Uh, and we were pretty excited about him. He's a delightful guy. And it's, it's an incredible... He will... He'll, he's... His use of the English language, his abuse of the English language <laughs> is something to behold. It's incredible. <clears throat> so uh, we uh, were on our way uh, in the lobby of the St. Francis Hotel to go to Candlestick Park. And I swear to you, I get off, get off the elevator. Seems like, so who are we bringing? I'm like, I don't know anybody else. Let's go. And he goes, ah, I'll work this out. And we're walking from the elevator to the street. In, in the amount of time that the lobby of the St. Francis Hotel, Seymour Cassell picks up two beautiful young girls uh, and just, li like, literally, without breaking stride, puts his arm in there and says, come on, girls, we're going to a ball game. And all of a sudden, we're in a cab with these two, I think, British girls who are like, baseball, what's this? Uh, and Seymour's like, you're going to love it. So uh, we're at Candlestick, uh, and it's Hideo Nomo's debut. I had no idea that this was sure. going to happen. Um, well, actually, I probably did... Uh, I knew of him, but I didn't know that this was going to be his uh, debut. He goes, I think, five and a half, maybe six innings. He strikes out 10 or 11, uh, and it's just uh, filthy. Guys are looking uh, stupid. It is, you know, it's the tornado. There's that crazy windup, and, uh, and you know, that fork ball is, it, it's not there. You start <laughs> to swing, and then it's no longer in front of you. Uh, and <laughs> the sun is shining. We're having several beers, uh, except for Seymour because he doesn't uh, drink. Uh, and <clears throat> oh, oh man so it's getting late it's I think we're down 
God, I forget. I think we were down by a run or so, and then the Dodgers tie it up in uh, the top of the ninth, and uh, the girls are like ready to go. But Seymour and I are baseball fans, so we're gonna watch this game. Bottom of the ninth. Uh, no, they don't tie. Dodgers go ahead. Bottom of the ninth. Giants tie it up, and the girls are like, "Oh, please, can we get out of here, please?" <laughs> and Seymour and I are like, "We're watching the game." So we make it to like the thirteenth inning, and the girls have had enough. We're all sunburned. I'm three sheets the wind uh seymour's like ah oh, and we're like seymour we gotta go we gotta go so we decide that i think the dodgers go up by uh three that's right dodgers go up by three in the top of the 14th and so we're like all right let's go and i'm like oh this is great we're gonna go bah, bah, bah. dodgers gonna win bah, bah, bah. no more hasn't pitched for nine innings yeah. <laughs> we get in the cab seymour's furious just because we're leaving we're in the cab on the way back the giants score three and then Four, two, <laughs> oh, no. Seymour Cassell turns around from the front of the cab and unleashes a tornado of expletives <laughs> that figuratively blows the hair back uh, from all three of us. I The blood drained from the faces of these English girls. <laughs> Like, they didn't know what had happened. And I like Seymour Cassell. He was so ticked off that he wasn't there to watch. Good for him. The Giants win. Long story longer, uh, Hideo Nomo, good. <laughs> <laughs> I could, honest to God, listen to you tell stories for the rest of my life. I mean, these are, these are with amazing. With any luck, with any luck, Manish, we'll, we'll both make it there. <laughs> so, uh, so this is how we wrap up uh, uh, all of our shows, is that we like to ask our guest uh, basically just... If you can think of the one baseball memory that you feel is quintessential to you being a baseball fan, it doesn't have to be a big moment or it's just why, what to you defines why you are a baseball fan? So, oh, why I'm a baseball fan? Sure. Oh, okay. or what it means to you. Or what you it know, means just, to you or how your favorite low, baseball memory. Your favorite yeah. baseball memory. Your most meaningful memory. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. It's not the inside the park home run off of Meatloaf. That's true. Once again, we're going to just have to have you have you back for another. That that'll be a teaser for the next episode with you. Ah, oh, this is a tough one. Um, hmm. You know, it might have been being on the phone with my old man when the Red Sox, uh, when the Red Sox won the World Series. For some reason, uh, I called him uh, up uh, on the, ga- the day they, they beat the Cardinals. <clears throat> Let me say that again. On the day they beat the Cardinals <laughs> to win the World Series. Uh, you know, during the game, I was wor- on location in Albuquerque, uh, and I didn't have any, you know, like they were working, and I was, you know, alone. And uh, we've had a great relationship over the phone for, you know, since the divorce, really. <clears throat> Not that we don't see each other, but it's just you get used to being on the phone sure. with your old man. Uh, and for some reason, that night... Uh, sitting alone in a hotel room watching the Red Sox beat the Cardinals and break this curse, you know, uh, do this this thing. And it wasn't even, you know, the big game against the Yankees. It was watching them finish that mission uh, on the phone with my old man. is something that I'll, you know, while I'm talking to him, it's something I'll just never forget. It was just a really lovely moment between father and son and, uh, you know, uh, a losing Cardinals ball club. <laughs> Was the bonus? That is absolutely <laughs> the rudest thing I've ever said. That is absolutely beautiful. Uh, no, it's yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll be in the car on the way home and think of another one. If if you met Matt Carpenter, what would you do? <laughs> I'd probably go. Um, wow, man, you're a really good ball player. <laughs> um, do you yeah. you like work out? <laughs> So stupid. No. <laughs> well, I've, 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 I geek out, you know, and I've met a couple of. No, but I mean, uh, you know, in terms of what he meant to y- y- your team. I would, you know. I would shake his hand and say, "Man, you're a good ball player." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you have I, to. I have, I have hated losing to you. You make it very. I'm afraid of you. I would say, Matt Carpenter, I'm afraid of you. You know, honestly, it's, it's. I've been around sports my entire life. I've been around sports fans my entire life, and and. I'm not going to say this is exclusive to baseball because it's not exclusive to baseball. Um, they, it exists in hockey. It exists in football. It exists everywhere else. But I do like the fact that ultimately the 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 best kinds of fans are the ones that answered exactly the way you did, which is we you recognize greatness and you're frustrated when it happens. But when it does, honestly, uh, Anthony likes to pick on me about this all the time. And it's Justin Verlander's face in 2012 when uh, the panda – Hit the second home run. Hit the second home run. Yeah. And then it's, it's, when I was watching that game, I had, 
a horrendously bad flu. I was so incredibly sick. I was just, it was awful. Sandy, Hurricane Sandy was about to hit and make mm. me homeless for six weeks. It was a very rough time in my life. However, Pablo Sandoval hit three home runs in a World Series game. Yeah. And I cannot deny the greatness of that as a baseball fan. Like it was nothing. Yeah. He did it. Alpha, alpha. Just destroyed that. And off of one of the best pitchers yeah. of that era of that gen. I mean, I know Justin's had some struggles re recently, but he was coming off an MVP season that yeah. year. He lost the Cy Young to uh, David Price by two votes, and it sh and it was close. And David deserved it too, but he very easily could have won back to back Cy Youngs. And and to do that so easily and so effortlessly is something that. I can't deny. And it was, you know, if I met Pablo, I would shake his hand and say, that was incredible. And, and yeah. I, and so I, you know, we've just spent, you know, two episodes with you talking about oh, what good. baseball is the best, but uh, baseball is baseball is the best. Baseball is the best in baseball. The idea is to go home, to be safe, safe at home. <laughs> we, we, we were doing George some Carlin Carlin's stuff Carlin's earlier. Carlin's and, you know, best. if any of you haven't seen his uh, George Carlin's football versus baseball bit, I'll put it on clubhousepodcast.com. Immediately watch it because it encapsulates why football, or baseball is the greatest sport ever invented. So with that, we are going to turn in. It is very late. So thank you so very, very, very much. Do you have a Twitter you'd like to plug? Do you sure, have, uh, it's at Mackenzie Aston. That's at M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-A-S-T-I-N. Excellent. <laughs> Mackenzie, you have been just a tremendous It's guest. a pleasure. It's an honor. And, I'm, I'm, you know, this is, uh, this is a good bunch. All right, folks. It's three a bunch? Sure. Okay, cool. Isn't yeah. it? Let sure. me end the show, please. Thanks, bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> The show isn't over yet, folks. An hour and a half with Mackenzie was just not enough. While Anthony and I were in L.A., Mac joined us for an Angels game. We take you now to Angel Stadium of Anaheim, where the three of us discuss our thoughts on this West Coast ballpark. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. The Clubhouse Podcast is back on the road, and we are currently at the Angel State of, An of Anaheim, home you to the, the Los... State? The Angel stadium. State? The stadium. Angel State. We're in the state of Really? Angels. We're doing this already? Anthony and I have not been together in a month, and already, already, he is sniping at me. Angel's Stadium of Anaheim, we are at. We are joined by our guest that you just heard. Dangling participles also. Dangling prepositions. I'm, I swear to God. All right. We are sitting next. We are joined at this wonderful game. We have a guest with us, and here you are, just just making fools of me, making a fool of me. We have a guest, Mackenzie Aston. The thing is, Mac also shares in my joy of observing the English language closely. Naturally, naturally. I, and what I don't. Well, Denise, I will say this: as as participles dangle, yours does very well. <laughs> this is all right. We're all you're both nerds. So here's the deal. Okay. We are at the okay. Angel Stadium in Anaheim. This is Anthony's first trip to this lovely park. This is my second trip you to this. You just called it lovely. I did that on purpose. Come on now. This this lovely park. Uh, Mackenzie has been here before, but yeah. it's been about 10 years, correct? Probably, yeah, probably three or four times over the years uh, in its many different iterations. Uh, the Big A, the Big Ed. Uh, that was lackadaisical. lackadaisical. Lackadaisical play, but he made it. But it was lackadaisical. Yeah, that's going to happen every once in a while. when it's a, It's actually a cool overcast day here in Los Angeles. There's a bit of a rain here in Los Angeles today on our drive-in. But, but Anthony, what have you thought of this lovely ballpark? It's a bottom tier. Full-on bottom tier. 100%. Why do you think that is? It's characterless. Uh, the concourse, you feel like you're in a shopping mall. Um, they did have what looked like a kind of nice wine bar, so I'm like, oh, that's all right to have a nice wine bar, you know, sure. But uh, it is LA after all. No, it's uh, it's. I mean, the, as with many ballparks, the field itself, you know, the, the quality of the grass, of course, is nice, nicely mown grass. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's not very attractive, really. Uh, we were talking about the. I've never really loved the Angel Red, but seeing it live and in person, I like it even less. Uh, they don't, I, I don't know, like the, the um, memorializing of their, you know, they've had a pretty good number of 
pennants and or division wins. And so yes. every ballpark, they memorialize those things in some way. And the way that they've done it is pretty shabby, I think. Yeah, you know, there are not really a lot of, uh, of pennant flags that are uh, raised anywhere. But there's, yeah, I'm trying to look around and see if there's any pennant raised. I don't believe there is. The pennants that they have, they have pictures of the pennants on top of the dugout, but from where we are sitting on club level, which by the way, just a quick aside, a huge, huge, huge thanks to the wonderful Hal uh, 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 Morris for giving us these wonderful seats and gifting us with these beautiful, wonderful seats here at Angel Stadium of Anaheim. Very gracious of him. But where we're sitting here, you can't really see the top of the dugout. And to be honest, there aren't many seats in this stadium where you can see the top of the dugout. And it's not like there's a lot of blimp shots of the stadium, so I'm not quite sure. Oh, and a very bad throw. I believe that was Eric Ibar, who, uh, was that Ibar that took over it short? No, it's, no, it's not Ibar. He pinch hit, but uh, it's still Featherston, who just threw very wide and forced Senor Albert Pujols to dive off the bag. He's he took up, a long time to emerge yes, from the floor. Yes, he's getting up gingerly, which, you know, earlier in this game, which by the time, once again, you guys are listening to this, the game will be long since over, but we saw Robinson Cano leave the game earlier from the Seattle Mariners. Uh, it looks like he got hit in the head by an errant warm-up ball. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to him. But once again, when you're listening to this, you will have known what happened to this. But so, Anthony, there are not literally a lot of pennants here. You were mentioning earlier your uh, um, dissatisfaction with maybe the rock pile in center field. It looks like it looks like I'm at a theme park, and when I'm at a ballpark, we I are in you know we are in Disney country. Yeah, I don't want to be at a theme park. I want to be at a ballpark. Frankly, just so you know, that's my. I do like the giant A in the uh, the ballpark that you can see as you're driving up to the ballpark. You 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 can see the park coming even if you can't see the stadium. It's that giant A that you can see from from miles away. I do like that quite a bit. Um, and I will say this: from the last time that I saw a game here in Angel Stadium two years ago. The crowd is a lot more engaged with what's happening on the field than they were last time. The last time I was here, it was pretty much silence from first pitch to final out. And they have been really? making... I'm t I, go to my website. So, you know, I'll plug my, my website, roundingthird.net, to my Angels post. You will literally hear the sound of crickets that I recorded in the top of the ninth when the score was 4-1. to one. The Angels were winning. Their closer, Freire, was on the mound against the A's, division rivals, and there were literal crickets. I turned to the guy next to me and go, you hear that, right? He's like, what? I go, that's a cricket. And I took the recorder that I'm holding right now and I just held it up and you can hear the cricket noise. It's on the website, roundingthird.net. I'll put a link in the show notes. Go check it out. I promise you I'm not exaggerating in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but the, the, you know, the sound system here is very loud and intrusive and, and you know. What? Exactly. It's we're having to yell over Come it again. Right, no, we were saying earlier that the the sound system it's weird. It, it's so loud that you can't hear it. Exactly. It's almost it's, you know it's, it's all garbled. distorted and blown yes, out. Yes. Exactly. Also, by the way, the video board is from like 1975 or something. The it's so pixelated and shabby compared to other ballparks. All right, but I feel like we're being a little too hard on on the Angels here. Is there anything? Can we talk about anything that? we enjoy about this ballpark? Anything that you like about any, you know? The freshly mown grass. It's a nicely kept field. It Very well manicured yeah, field. Yes, and that's, that's for sure. I, I, uh, I enjoyed the uh, Chipotle dog I had. Uh, no, the jalapeno dog I had. Uh, also, the service here in the club level was uh, uh, prompt and courteous when, when she did uh, arrive. Uh, the pretzel left a little bit to be off, uh, you know, uh, des desired. The malt was okay. Uh, the garlic I, fries I had were pretty decent. So, I mean, and also, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, kids, uh, don't try this at home, uh, but it was pretty easy to go have a smoke, uh, which, 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 uh, which I, was, I, was, I was glad to hear. I didn't have to leave the stadium. I just went to the sort of the outer ring of it, and it was okay. Sure. There were other smokers there looking, yeah, yeah. looking old, just like, <laughs> just like me. Which is what happens when you smoke cigarettes, kids. Mackenzie is right. Don't start smoking. But uh, no, so, so there are absolutely some some. Did you uh, stole it back? Did um, you stole back? No, I believe he had made it there on the oh. previous play. No. Really? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Um, we're we're distracted here. But so, you know, that's I think going to wrap up our 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 uh, uh, trip here to Angel Stadium by Anhau. I hope you've enjoyed this episode with Mackenzie and learning a little bit about Dodgers baseball and now learning a little bit about the Angel Stadium of Anaheim. 
So we will see you next. Oh, one second. Well, I was going to say, you might want to stick around just another few seconds to see if the uh, if the Mariners can tie it up right now. Nelson Cruz at the plate with the tie. You know what? Good man. Let, let, let's, let's, let the, uh, let's let the recording go a little bit and see if Senior Nelson. I don't know why I'm calling everyone Senior. I don't know. I'm, I'm on the West Coast, so I'm, you know, feeling a little, I don't know. Speaking of language. Yeah, feeling a little. Oh, oh. That was a. Ooh. He's what? facing the Submariner, Joe Smith. <laughs> Submariner. Right? I like that. Yes. Uh, it is a one one count, two outs. Would it be a, a submariner versus a supermariner right now? <laughs> or a supernumerary? Or nu- super nu- super nu- super numerary? Super numerary? Oh my God! I'm sitting in between these two nerds, and that is. That's not going to do it, Nelson. That's not going to do it. It is now a. Slowing in, and Nelson Cruz fouled almost off his feet. One and two is the count. We're the crowd to make some noise now. Make some noise, any noise. It doesn't matter what kind. It have to be a <laughs> that is a noise technically. So here we go. It is a half-hearted response from the crowd. It's been a pleasant experience, though. Absolutely. The game's been fantastic. The game has been a lot of fun. It's been some good pitching. And he took a rip at that and struck it out. Struck him out. I'm sorry. So ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next time here in the clubhouse. The home base for the clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit Bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.